0: Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and a higher nature, how to improve our finances, career, relationships, love, and happiness. And today, we have a very interesting topic. I call this self-love, how to love yourself, even if you don't feel like it. And we have a very interesting guest today, Mary England. Mary England calls herself uncustomary. I guess her pseudonym. She's a professional merriment maker who struggled with mental illness for over 20 years. Poor body image, low self-esteem. And she has a degree in psychology. She worked with psychiatric centers. In her recent work, she has been doing blogging, coaching, and street art. And her mission is to help people fall head over heels in love with their bodies, their choices, and their lives. She's the author of This Is About You, Amazing, Weird, and Beautiful. Welcome to the show, Mary.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes,
0: I know you love colors. And in honor of you, I have a little yellow on the side of my glasses for you because I know you love yellow. <laughs> oh, thank goodness, because otherwise I wouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. And of course, I love blue, so you can probably tell.
1: Yeah, and I see you some... actually match the painting behind you. Thank you. Uh, blue. And
0: you got blue yeah. behind you as well, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've got all the colors, don't worry. Exactly. So
1: now you have a very
0: interesting uh, catchphrases that you use. For example, you use uncustomary yes. and you use something called merrymaker. Yes. So uncustomary, I think of someone that's not the typical kind of person. And you talk yes. about embracing your inner weirdness. Mm-hmm. You've done some interesting things. I think you said something like you wear this big yellow shirt and you walk out in the public and you give people lemons and then you have a table where they can make lemonade out of it.
1: So tell me about that. How, how did all this turn out? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, whenever people introduced me, they didn't know how to really describe what I did when I started my business. Yes. And people were actually really glad when I wrote a book because they were like, yes. oh, that seems tangible, right? Okay. Say yes. author. But yes. I've always called myself a merriment maker. And mm. people tend to go towards these stories of, these what I call like performance art or gorilla art, you know, any kind of thing where we can really engage with people in, you know, a more street way, you know, what a gorilla way, um, grassroots kind of. And that's that particular project was when life gives you lemons. And I actually have done two iterations of it. I did one when I first started and I had no following or anything, and it was a very like, you know, it was on like a GoPro like very limited resources, right? Um, and then I did it on the anniversary of it. A a couple years ago and actually got a lot of friends involved and we had way more resources and materials and basically, yeah, it, it was a very silly kind of thing where the whole point is to kind of get people to say is this real? Is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? And to have a story that they can go home and at dinner, they they can be like, there's this very bizarre thing happening mm-hmm. on the street. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone might not even believe you, you know? <laughs> okay. And I think there's a real beauty in the impermanence of something like that to create joy and, and spread it and also embody it.
0: Yeah, I like the metaphor, turning lemons into lemonade, as they say. Quite it's literally. A, the, the, <laughs> negative, the negative to the positive. You can it,
1: make your own lemonade right it, here on yeah. the Yes. Yeah. that's really
0: cool. That's cool. So you talk about the thing about the amazing inner weird. So I'm thinking of, you know, all of us have some idiosyncrasies. Some people call, this, we'll call it so-called abnormal deviation from the norm. But I mean, it can be something that can be also very beautiful. What, you know, you called call the shadow side. You know, some things that are internal that we can get out. And you also talk about the imposter syndrome, the idea that people try to be who they're not. But you say embrace your inner weird. I mean, do the stuff in front of people. Don't lie about it. You know, if they ask you something that you do. I know you say that you like uh, work using shock on the sidewalk or something like that or doing funny sidewalk Oh, yeah. I'm sidewalk <laughs> talk. I have it with
1: me everywhere I go and googly and, eyes all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot of different connotations with the word weird. You know, and we, we've embraced it seems like the word unique as a society. Yes. You know, even unicorns, I feel like people are. Yeah, 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 it's a a special kind of uniqueness, but then we look at weird and we Mm -hmm. have a a different kind of charge or energy or trigger that comes up with that, right? Right, right. And I feel like it's more of an outcast kind of label, you know, and that feeling of maybe being in a lunchroom and not being included Mm -hmm. into something or, you know, being outcast for whatever reason from Mm -hmm. any kind of thing, because you're weird instead of celebrated because you're unique. And I want people to know that you can be celebrated because you're weird as well mm. and it's right. really just the lexicon and the language that we're using and yes. if it empowers you to take it back then take it back and I think there is a difference between being unique and weird in some right. certain circumstances mm. and my weird is never going to be the exact same as someone else's mm. weird right. and what's also normal to me I mean at this point my I think that the important thing also to remember is the fact that I play with sidewalk chalk and go outside <laughs> in Victorian dresses and mm. put googly eyes on everything that I <laughs> see <laughs> yeah. is actually just like a very innate, like visceral urge that Mm. I have. And that's actually not weird to me. It's I've been told that it's weird, right? right? Mm. I acknowledge that like, Mm. you know, in society that I feel like people are looking at me and being like, why, why? (laughs) But to you, that might be weird. And to me, it's not. So it's really just, if people think something's strange and it feels good to you, unless you're hurting someone, do it. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Because you're kind of innocent, fun weirdness, as you call it, kind of like celebrating life and being creative. And, of course, you know, we talk about, in Spanish, there's a word called don, uh, which comes from the word don divino, which means gift from God. So, you know, we all have innate talents. Some of them are good at writing or teaching, caretaking, in your case, making merriment. Uh, but sometimes people uh, have shame. You know, I think shame is a big issue. They feel bad about their personality. Maybe they're, um, you know, Myers-Briggs, we have the feeling personality. For example, a male feeler. Uh, sensitive, I mean, he may not be appreciated as much, or a female thinker who's more logical and to the point. Yes. So, be able to embrace that difference and uniqueness. I wrote a book called Love Types that talks about personality types and, and relationships. So, I think that's one thing. Uh, the other thing you talk about that's interesting is merrymaking as a kind of consistent feeling of contentment, not just uh, you call it spike of euphoria, which is mm-hmm. the up and down kind of thing, but more of a consistency. And there are different theories of happiness, you know, what we call flow, uh, what we call doing meaningful work. So what's your take on that? I mean, how do you become happy in that consistent way?
1: So I don't think that when I say a consistent way, I don't mean that anyone is to ever be expected or it is is even possible to be happy, joyful, content, or whatever word we even want to use with this every day, every moment, you know, in in that regard. Um, When we talk about like flow or really just a feeling of... um, Foundation and peace and stability, I think, is really the goal. And to understand that when adversity comes, contrast comes, you know, even crises, which there there continually will be because this Mm -hmm. is life, you know, Mm -hmm. that we approach things with a state of gratitude and joy mm. and that when we when we look for the you know what i call like so sil- not silver linings but sparkly linings you know the, the joy in something what is the what what can i get out of this situation necessarily yes. and what the, what is the perspective that i can potentially shift on this yes. and by doing that i think that if we're able to kind of come back down but i to to that state of of gratitude and merriment Mm -hmm. um but i think that it's also extremely important to explore and embrace all aspects of your emotions i i think when i started i was a very toxic positive person Mm -hmm. like when we when we first discover evolution or personal development or whatever I think sometimes there's a an inclination of oh this makes me feel happy and then uh, now, now that means I'm not going to address any of the bad right and right. I'm just going to like slap a bandaid on it and just plow through with right. like smiles and rainbows and we can have as much of that as we want but we also yes. have to allow the room to explore why that feeling is coming up and mm. I, I like to say that I'm helping people reconnect to their joy but also yeah. at the same time confront their fear because Mm. you can't really like move forward with joy. If you don't know why these like pockets keep coming up.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. And I call it realistic optimism where you're optimistic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) You kind of see the reality, but also you plan for it. But also, you're optimistic. You expect the best to happen. Exactly. Uh, I mean, they do say that pessimists are very realistic. And they often, you know, they buy health insurance. They buy life insurance. I agree. There's
1: the, complete the, spectrum. They of avoid life.
0: accidents. But they, they don't open up themselves up to opportunities. They say yes. people who are optimistic actually are, are luckier because they'll be in a line somewhere and they talk to someone next to them. And that person could become a friend, a business contact, help them in some way because they're open to the experience. Right. So that actually is a positive aspect, uh, you know, to, to balance it out. Now, the other thing is interesting about your story is that you came from a place, uh, you said you have many multiple mental disorders, mm-hmm. and you suffer from uh, body issues, body weight image. Uh, so you may have gotten from self-hate to self-love. And you said you had uh, 20 years of OCD, panic disorder, Tourette's, uh, tics, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, you out up your face and all that. Uh, bipolar, even suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. And you said you gained 100 pounds because of the medication. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you turned it around. You started using what's called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT,
2: mm-hmm. where you change
0: your rational thoughts and change your emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you said something like you were afraid to go in a 30 or 30, 60 degree term. So you actually did it. You started walking around 30 <laughs> times to kind of get exposed to that. So tell us, uh, how did you transform from self-hate to self-love?
1: I mean, it's, it's funny that when we ask like for that, like that specific point, you know, of of the complete turn around, which in my case is literally turning in a 360 degree and being able to do that, um, as a metaphor, uh, I don't necessarily have a complete rock bottom. And I think that that's also really important to, to like recognize in people that, Maybe there was there's going to be a lot of rock bottoms, and your definition of rock bottom might not look as dramatic or drastic as you think it might be, or that you might have to kind of slip and fall and ebb and flow in a, multiple times before you kind of are checked into why do I want to make a decision that puts me more in alignment with where I want to be, and I guess I was at a point where I kind of called myself a walking a walking symptom, and with like so many of my. You know, having so many disorders uh, and all these feelings, like I had to keep track of like all these different, you know, numbers for rituals and ticks and all these things. Mm-hmm. And I was I was working and going to school both full time, wow. and I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. And you know, I couldn't even like look down at the ground or I had to look down at the ground rather because I had to make sure that I was stepping on every crack and Mm, and then I you know it was just I was just physically exhausted Mm. and I was like okay something has to change I started uh, actually having what is called like a dissociative fugue where Mm. you kind of like uh check out and end Mm. up somewhere else and I would sometimes have like less clothes on and I would be in like a field and it was Mm. just my body was just You know, it's kind of like when you have a heart attack and you're like, "Okay, what is this actually saying? It's saying to slow down. Right. So I felt like that was really a a bottom point. Did you actually attempt suicide at some point? Uh, Yes. Yes, I have. Yes. Uh, um, In my teens. Yes. Uh, That was the first time I was uh, 16. You you
0: you took pills or cut yourself or
1: something? Um, I would, I would, I did for that specific instance. I took pills and I was a, a cutter for uh, like four years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But
0: not really, sui- so cutters they say, are not necessarily suicidal, but it's a different conception of things. So how did you experience that?
1: experience suicidal uh, uh, ideation? No, being
0: a cutter. I mean,
1: is that oh, cutter because cutter you wanted so to kill
0: far. yourself or you're trying to get some feeling in your in your mind?
1: Um, I think that that was really the only time besides maybe one other point in my adult life that I've experienced actually feeling numb. Mm. And uh, I'm a very, very sensitive person. Mm. Um, and I experienced everything really mm. to a, a, a very large degree. I even right. have synesthesia and I oh. can see like auras and things. Right. And um, you know, a lot of things are hitting me very hard. Yes. And when I was about 15 and 16, I am, um, I was, I've had these these symptoms of most of these disorders uh, since I was eight. And wow. I was kind of begging for help. Mm. And my parents uh, didn't really understand why or what. And I was like this A-plus student. And mm. they were just kind of really, you know, shutting their eyes and their ears and not really listening to what I needed mm. out of a lack of understanding. Yes. And uh, I just started becoming... It's very frustrating when I think your bot you don't understand what's happening with your with your body, yes. whether it's a an illness or of pain or um, mental or whatever. It kind of feels like your body is betraying you, especially oh my goodness at a time where I'm like going through puberty and having hormones and you know there's all this extra stuff that it's already hard enough, right? right. And I also was. Um, I was dancing I danced for 11 years and all everything all types of dance and I had an eating disorder as well I was wow. you know I was sitting in front of mirrors for three hours every day and a leotard uh you know just that's the way the rooms are and it's hard to like be in all of these situations at once I would go to school and dance for three hours and then run two miles of the gym and then not eat and and then cut myself at night like it was it was a hard time wow. And yeah, I guess the the cutting was more of a um a thing that maybe if mm-hmm. I would maybe it would create feeling. I think that was really the right. only time that that was what yes. that was the the reason. I right. feel like people do it for different reasons, mm-hmm. but that was more of that. Right. Mary, you're very candid. I
0: mean, appreciate you know sharing these things, and I think you're unique that you have come from these places, right? The same I way there's darkness and this this uh, thing, but you've come into the light. You yeah. Want to help people, you know. And love is really, Love Universally, we talk about loving ourselves, others, and a higher nature, uh, whichever what you think. But loving yourself, I think, is a big theme in, in a lot of your work. Uh, self-love. Oh, and I'm thinking of, uh, there's the Bieber song for us, you know, Love Yourself. And, and I saw this really cool YouTube, you might have seen it, where this music teacher uh, starts singing it in the middle of a class. And then all the students join in, and pretty much the whole, everyone's singing the song in the class. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. And then all kinds of people in the class, you know. So um, this idea of loving yourself is a pretty powerful idea. Now, you define it, you say, as prioritizing yourself to get results or to fall deeply in love with yourself. I call it deep appreciation and understanding of yourself, you know, kind of a deep acceptance. So tell us about that self-love, because we talk about it a lot, self-esteem, and different people use different terms for it. How do you define it?
1: Yeah, I feel like I have different ways that I explore and explain that all over the Internet, because I feel like it is an an evolving concept, it's not even necessarily as we move in history, but uh, for ourselves where we are. Right. And um, I guess, yeah, acceptance is an extreme part of, of that concept. And it's also... I think that I, I like to look at self-love as the difference between, or the, the duality of our comfort zone and moving outside of it at the same, mm. at, you know, in different times. Because mm. our comfort zone, I, I think, gets a lot of crap. I think a lot of people say, like, you know, there's no magic inside the comfort zone. You got to move out of it and if you want to do anything. Mm. And that's where, we, but, but at the same time, people are preaching self-care, right? And self-care is in the comfort zone. Self-care right. is when you wrap yourself up and and you're in right. the comfort zone and it feels right. lovely and safe and that's when we talk about like comfort foods or you know whatever right um, and I think it's really important to like have that rest and relaxation and restore in the comfort zone and that is self-care but you don't have growth or evolution or transformation huh. unless you at least start dipping your toes out mm. into the non-comfort zone area and I think that's where we have this duality of this spectrum of the simultaneous acceptance of I love who I am right. and my choices and my body and my past and forgive and accept and love deeply who I am right now with the mm-hmm. ability, possibility, and potential to evolve, change, improve, whatever you want to do at, at, on any level
0: of your of your life. I like that because sometimes people talk about the extreme that says, uh, well, I'm not happy with myself, so I got to keep always changing changing, or I'll just stay the way I am. But you're saying you want to have a dichotomy where you can do a little bit of both. Absolutely. Love yourself, accept, you know, and be uh, comfortable, but also take a risk. Now, you say that you actually are the heaviest you've ever been, but you feel confident. And also, you can find someone that you love, that you're attracted to. Tell us about that. How did you evolve to that state right now in your life?
1: You know, I feel like it was something that, <laughs> it seems almost silly, but it was out of almost a fashion necessity at mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. because I obviously am a very colorful, colorful person. <laughs> I see and that. when I first gained all that weight, there was very little option for mm. plus size fashion there mm. still is a long way to go but it's mm. become a lot better in the past 10 years right. or so and you know they would be like well you you over this much so therefore you must only like black right, right. right. <laughs> and that was like no i need purples mm. and things mm-hmm. and i found this uh this company that made um like some tights that I was like, Oh, these fit great. And Mm. they were a really great way to jazz up like any outfit. And I felt really comfortable and in them. And that was kind of a beginning of me being able to still express myself. I think Mm. while kind of morphing into this different body shape. And I basically had to decide, um, you know, is this medication that I'm taking that's, you know, really affecting me positively in terms of my mental health. Right is it better or you know which which of the the demons necessarily you know as we want to call it like do i prefer the the weight gain or the the symptoms Mm. or the side effects you know or however you want to put that and i kind of look back still you know however else we could have taken this that uh that was a that was a triumphant choice for me i'm proud of that choice that i chose like to gain weight and to be happy at the same time Mm. and in terms of relationships and romance um I I had a huge, uh, hard, a very hard time at first. I was, uh, as I gained that weight, I was already in a relationship. Right. So it was a lot easier, I think, to kind of feel accepted by someone that kind of unconditionally loved me. Right. But when I broke up with that person of six years, I also started my business at the same time. So there was a lot going on. And then when I was finally ready to like start dating again, there was definitely a voice in my head that was thinking like, who's going to love you from scratch? You know, like this is a completely different body. You've never right. like started to know anyone with this body. Right. And when I kind of decided that I was ready to start dating, I had people that I thought that would like people that I thought were like super hot, <laughs> Be, like uh, talking to me. And, uh, and it seems so silly now to say, cause I, it mm-hmm. seems completely just, just on a line from where I am now, but mm-hmm. I felt like, almost crazy i was like is this like Hmm. you know i don't know it felt like because i was so low in terms of body image that it just didn't you know but uh i think having people that i felt very attracted to reciprocate that attraction and Mm -hmm. understanding that like my personality is still the exact same and that's what ultimately we're, we're dealing with in terms of a relationship. Right, so they're the
0: attracted to your inner beauty as well as some of your outer beauty exactly. as well. Now, the whole idea of weight, is that's a very uh, complicated and sensitive topic. Like Some people say, you know, you have no self-control because you're overweight. Some people say mm-hmm. it's genetic, you know, it's a set point. Others say you lose weight because of health. Others say I'm happy with my body image. So how, how do you take that? Where, where is your view on the whole weight uh, issue in America, for example, which we say we're the most overweight in the world?
1: Oh, I mean, we definitely have, we definitely have some health issues. Absolutely. I think, I think there's a spectrum to everything. Like I've kind of been mentioning throughout this, there's a thread I believe of, of duality and spectrums and that we can hold space for two different ideas at once, which I think is really important to not be so black and white with anything and to look for the gray. And, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of health, in terms of weight, in terms of fatness and obesity and all these things, I think that I can, it's kind of like self-love, right? So the way that we just define that I can be fat and describe myself as fat Mm -hmm. and not have that be this like negative word Mm -hmm. that it's the same thing as describing someone as tan or tall and not having someone be like, Oh no, you're not tall. And you know, we can just use that as a word and it doesn't need to be a, an angry kind of, insult. Um, And also know that it's not anyone else's business to comment on someone's, you know, Instagram and say, Mm. I'm really worried about your health. Mm. And those people usually also have like two handles of Jack Daniels on their profile picture. And I'm like, okay, so I think actually we can all admit that there's an area of our lives that we could be healthier in, like whether that's emotionally, physically, you know, whatever it is, we're never always completely balanced. And I think that that's important to not judge other people um, and to know like where your body is on its on its own. Right. Can can I lose weight? And is that something that I ideally want to do in the future? Yes. And that is more not for my body image, but for. Like actual health reasons, like just in terms of longevity, I know that that could potentially have um, higher risk factors for potential diseases. That's really my only main thing because I love living and I want to live as long as I possibly can. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I I guess.
0: Yeah, I like your kind of like the the economists look at things. You know, you look at you know the balance. You know, the the (laughs) Eastern approach. We talk about you know the the way, which is you know basically um, harmonizing different elements. Yeah, you know, the yin and yang and this kind of thing. So I like Yay that idea. But, yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, the other thing is um, you talk about, you know, how to love yourself. I assume it's connected to ha- internal happiness. It's things like having social support. Uh, you said building up your emotional resources, what we call positivity resources. Uh, keeping a gratitude journal, we know, can reduce depression by th- up to 30%. We write mm-hmm. things you're grateful for every day, and that really can improve yourself. Uh, also, spontaneity and laughter. Now, I have an exercise. I wrote a book, Invincible You, where I work with uh, shy people who have a hard time going out and meeting people because they're afraid of of being rejected, criticized. They are very self-conscious. Yeah. So I tell them to, uh, I said, get your fools out. So basically at home, jump up and down, do crazy stuff and uh, be kind of a fool. So you won't have to worry about that in public as much. I love uh, that. Yeah, so getting the fools out, but you do that in public. You actually get your fools out in public. Right? You, think, you know,
2: <laughs> so
0: you're, you're a full crazy yeah, person, right? It's you're it's a
1: very fool all the time, on purpose in public. Yeah. Right. So
0: you have lost yourself. Were you ever shy or self conscious, or you always had that uh, that gumption? Oh man, yeah.
1: I was told I was shy at like age three, but I think oh, okay. that'd be normal. Um, <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> you know, like when you can't really, you know. Uh, but right. no, no, you're, you're, no. You've been, uh, oh,
0: okay, okay. You, you, I'm,
1: if yeah. anything. I've gotten in trouble for being the opposite <laughs> of shy. And
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. but, but for shy people, that, that can be a little challenge. I mean, what you're doing oh, yes. and, and also projecting. But, you know, I say in private, do it first. and Then maybe as you get more confident, you know, do silly things and, you know, fun things.
1: I think that's a great tool for people, especially mm-hmm. to even like, yeah, to get more confident with yes. expressing yourself and embodying all these emotions that yes. we feel like mm-hmm. we might not be able to feel safe expressing in front of another person because we've been judged before and told that we're, us- we're usually told we're too much or not enough in some way.
0: Right, exactly. You're going to make a fool out of yourself. But you know, and this is paradoxical, right? But you make a fool out of yourself intentionally so you don't have to worry about being a fool. So that's the whole idea. So. Yeah, I guess
1: I never really thought about it like that just because mm-hmm. I don't, like, again, like, with the weird thing, like, mm-hmm. it's, to me, it, like, I understand that people might look at it that way. But to me, it's just me having fun, exactly. you know? Exactly, and, exactly. yeah. enjoying. And you talk about, you know, laughter, you know, spontaneity.
0: And I, I've studied improvisational acting. I think that's a great technique to yes. kind of get people out of their, oh, their, yeah. their self, self-conscious shell. And we had a, a great guest on the show. I don't know if you heard about Barbara Saltzman. Uh, mm-hmm. Her son... Um, uh, died of cancer at twenty two, but he wrote a children's book called The Jester Has Lost His Jingle. And she actually took her money out and, and promoted it and she gives it away to children's hospitals with you know kids oh, with cancer. I love that. So this is a great humanitarian venture. And it's like mm-hmm. a little uh, cute little book and basically the idea is that the Jester woke up one day and realized that the laughter has left his kingdom. So he has to go out and find the laughter. Uh, and then eventually he does. And the idea that all of us have this inner gesture inside us that we need to get oh, out. So that's the idea. So catching that, that. The, the, the inner. side. So I guess you already have the the gesture coming out of you all the time. No, it sounds like
1: not all the time. Uh, I mean, nothing's nothing, nothing there all the time. Okay. But I think it's there. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, though, right? Like we, like I said, we'll reconnect to your joy sometimes. Mm-hmm that sentence I feel like can be really triggering to people because mm. they can be like reconnect when did I even have it like mm. some people feel like their whole right. lives they might not have had it right, right. or this idea of the mm. laughter or the gesture like mm. where when did I laugh before you right. know like when I can't yes. even remember it feels so far-fetched right, right. and some people it's in there and some sometimes it's dormant sometimes it's for a circumstantial reason or right. or whatever but um I think sometimes the the goal I think with merriment making is to have this so such more towards the surface, uh, not in a superficial way, but more accessible. Right. So that even when you have a bad day, week, month, or or time, that it's it's easier to bring anything joyful back, whether it's laughter or
0: fun or silliness. Yeah, it's kind of like you the phrase "act like it and become it." Yeah. So there's a facial feedback hypothesis where you smile actually releases brain chemicals yeah. to make you feel better. So, uh, you know, the exercise where you start laughing for no reason, uh, you know, people start laughing. And, and I love it, laughter it, it, yoga. It's like that's a contagious. So, that's
2: such fun <laughs> to do with people and like the ho, ho, ho.
0: Exactly. They get crazy. <laughs> the other thing that uh, you also talk about self-care, you know, people have their spa day, massage, exercise, music. Uh, you said a day with yourself, I guess. Go out, uh, enjoy yourself, right? And uh, without worrying about being uh, with someone. I'm,
1: I'm just thinking about how like, self care, how I feel like it's really mm. getting.
2: Um, totally a lot. Uh,
1: it's really evolving, I think. I think yes. we're doing really well with yes. the definitions and the ideas that come to our minds with self care. Right. right like I love I still stand by this solo date like so much I, I think it's so so important right. and not necessarily as an activity to like check off a box but that uh that we're getting to know ourselves and not feeling like we have to spend time with other people or that if we are alone, that we are less than, or like that you can just really do exactly what you want to do. But I think I love the idea that self-care has just become more than a spa day or Mm -hmm. pampering. Mm -hmm. And that it's, uh, it's also about, like, I just posted this thing the other day about, um, you know, it's okay to have your cell phone on silent and to Mm -hmm. not have to say, I'm so sorry for the delayed response when you respond to a text, because it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do that. And people went crazy with it. They were Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, thank you for validating this. I feel so bad about that. And to me, that's this next level of Mm self-care is this combination of like communication and boundaries and like having this like 201 level Mm -hmm. of, it doesn't need to just be like, stuff that can be on Instagram of, or that like you, you can take a picture of. It. It's right. actually like emotional self-care. Yeah, I like
0: that, yeah. Right. I talk about the technology fast, you know, shut your phone off for a period of time. Yeah, I I'm like to, to clean that up. Now, one thing is interesting, you even said uh, self-care is don't hold your pee. I thought, <laughs> wow, what the heck is this? We <laughs> love that. Is that like, we in a car ride or something? Or you just in general, no, use, you got to
1: use no, the bathroom? actually the, the origin of that was working at the psych rehab and ah. uh, be, getting there at Six thirty in the morning, and right. then not getting able to pee until oh. almost one, okay. because I was doing like about six different jobs Oh,
0: I see. So, for one so, so thing. Is, is, is denying yourself for the bodily release? You're saying
1: exactly, right. and yeah. I think that I see I see this all the time with people, whether they're parents or they have a job or they mm-hmm. simply are just prioritizing someone else's comfort over right. their own. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the two hundred one self care, right? It's right. the it's the concept of why i'm i'm worried about offending this other person or i'm worried that if i say i need three minutes that it's going to ruin everything somehow and it's actually gonna be fine i promise you that if you need to go to the bathroom like Mm. we all do it and we'll understand (laughs) and if you're like you would much rather just be calm and focused and mindful and you can't do that (laughs) (laughs)
2: exactly
0: Uh, the people pleasers i guess the you know yes, more empathetic, I'm you know,
1: really looking into, yeah. like, so yeah. deep diving into people-pleasing and in the yeah. caregiver complex, yeah, kind and I cool. realize, like, all my coaching clients are having, yeah, exactly. like, coming to me with that. Right. It seems like you're a, a
0: caretaker yourself. I mean, I can sense you're oh, very, I've definitely uh, <laughs> empathetic and compassionate, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: I've definitely got the good parts, and I've got the, <laughs> the shadow right. to yeah.
0: still Are you uh, in the Myers-Briggs? Are you the um,
1: INFP, perhaps? I'm actually, so I haven't taken it in a little bit. Yeah. I think that, I, I, the last time I took it, I was an ENFP. Okay, and I actually think that I'm much, getting much, much closer to introvert if if I'm not already. Yeah, that's possible. But, I mean,
0: I can sense the extrovert energy, but... Uh, maybe you're more, you know, going uh, inwardly. In I
1: think I'm more of like the, um, I keep, I always forget the, the, I always switch up the terms of ambivert and omnivert,
0: but like oh, okay, the, in the middle of something like that.
1: Yeah. I, I, cause I, I'm as the older I get, the more time I really, really love by myself, yeah, but I happen. don't think cause you know, the, the idea of, I mean, obviously, you know, of like mm. getting your energy, where do you get your energy from? Sure. I actually do think I get that more from my, from recharging alone, exactly. but I love interacting with people. Is,
0: is your guy, is he opposite to you or is he similar in- your type the the person. My
1: my, my boyfriend Yes. Uh, he's, he's much more of a clip where very of a compliment. Yeah oh, different, he's different. much very introverted. Different. Yeah. Oh introvert, okay. Yeah. Now you also talk about things like shutting up
0: your inner critic, you know, the C B T thing, you know, the, the negative thoughts. Yes. Also um, not being outwardly compared to your, you know compare yourself to others. Because in psychology we have what's called upward comparison where you compare yourself to the people that are doing better that you feel worse. Yeah. So the idea is to do inward comparison, compare yourself to the way you were before and you're growing mm-hmm. as a human being, which yeah. takes away that 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 uh, negative feeling that you have. Also, one thing that you talk about is he- helping people. And I call it extending loving energy without expectation. So, you know, serving the community, helping others is a great way to, to develop, you know, other love, but also self-love. Yeah. The more love you give externally, you will receive it internally. You feel I have resources to give. But here's one thing that people may come up with. I'm sure they've asked you. When does self-love become what we call the so-called narcissist? Like, for example, you know, selfish, you know, it's all about me kind of idea. Uh, and now you'd like to talk about balance. So where's the balance in that, for, for example?
1: So I don't have as much of a zen, yin, yang answer for this one. Okay. I actually have a little more of a hard and fast answer with this okay. one. So I, well, so first of all, I had a lot of experiences with people who are narcissists and, right. and sociopaths by definition, psychologically. Right. And, you know, that we have to also acknowledge that like throwing right. around uh, psychological jargon for neurodivergence is also sometimes not helpful, especially when right. you know, can lose the power. Right. Um, however, in terms of this concept of, you know, what we're getting at here with, you know, what is, is it selfish? Essentially right. is, is self-care selfish? Is self-love selfish? Yes, yes. Now I don't think, that it is ever really um i think that if you have the self-awareness to even ask if what you are doing is selfish or even considering this concept of narcissism which is probably not actually applicable here but uh that you are actually probably more on the side of people pleasing than you even realize Mm -hmm. that if you actually were in a state of narcissism or being very selfish, you wouldn't actually have the self-awareness to have that thought process. So most of the time when we're worried about if we're being selfish, it's actually because we're giving so much that we're pouring from our own cup, so to speak so, so much deeper than we should be right. or could be right. and giving to other people. So I right. think that when we're questioning, Oh my goodness, is this too much? It's mm. because we've been told that we need to mm. put other people first and prioritize their comfort and oh, hold right. our pee in. Right. And it's not selfish to, to, well, to yeah, go pee. Good point.
0: Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm going to go pee right now. I'll be back now. <laughs> okay. So the caretakers and nurturers of the world probably, um, Need to take more care of themselves instead of worrying about if they're being selfish. uh, Those kind of people. Now, Mary, the idea of uh, overdiagnosis, sometimes people talk about that. You just mentioned you don't want to apply narcissism to general traits. You said you have a bunch of disorders, but do you think you may have been overdiagnosed? I mean, is that possible Mm -hmm. at an early age, even? No. Uh, You said you you were shy uh, at three, but most people are shy at three. So that's kind of overstating that, right?
1: That that I wait. What was that? The oh, you, oh,
0: you said that they told you you were shy at three years of age, but a lot of, most kids are shy at three. Yeah,
1: well, I was. I that was mostly just me and being like, was I ever shy, or have I always been like this? And oh, we were okay. like, well, I think at three you kind of like didn't talk to everyone. Like, of course, so, of course, that's, that's not really. Shy and then was I was like, it. I think that might just be normal children behavior, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So I think actually, I I didn't really go to see any kind of clinical clinician, <laughs> That's a new word, uh, profession. I flipped it. You're
0: getting getting your fools out right now. You're getting
1: chills. It's just silly words. Um, uh, Until I was uh, 15. And I had had those symptoms for seven years so far. And even at that point, they, I actually think they underdiagnosed me oh, okay. in terms of treatment. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of it had to do with me being a minor. And mm-hmm. also the fact that I was cutting uh, really put mm-hmm. like a downward um, judgment, I think, on me as a, as a consumer of, of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I actually have also have CPTSD and I didn't even learn that mm. until la- a year and a half ago. Mm. And that's actually been existing in three different parts. Uh, one of them mm. starting at eight, one at 15 and one more recently. Can you define and- that for
0: the audience? We say, is that chronic PTSD or what, what does it
1: CPTSD. So there's PTSD basically just means that the the PTSD, because we're familiar with what post-traumatic stress disorder. And then that that is referring to one specific instance. So, you know, if you had like a a sexual assault or an abuse or some kind that would be referred to that one and the c stands for complex so that means that you've had more than one Mm -hmm. uh situation of trauma that is kind of like compound itself over time sure so there's different ones to to pick through essentially Mm -hmm.
2: um
1: yeah so and that that was existent at that point because both of those traumas had occurred but no one was talking to me about it. Um, That being said, as much as I don't like to overuse jargon, Mm -hmm. lexicon, and uh, to really use like neurodivergent Mm -hmm. labeling um, as, as little as possible, I do think that it's important to acknowledge that when I or anyone find the word for what you have not understood, whether it's been a week or seven years that it can feel like coming home and you know when I first found out that there was a word for OCD Mm. and Tourette's Mm. at different points I felt so much more sane because Mm. I was like it's not just me I'm not crazy you know I still felt a little crazy but I felt like there's an answer which also I think labeling is really Mm. old to me It's about finding more resources, Hmm. education, and the ability to treat Hmm. something. It's not about hiding behind that label now. It's not about me saying, I have OCD, so blah, 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 blah. Right.
0: Although some people may do that, perhaps, you know, in some uh, circumstances. Uh, I think,
1: I think we're inclined to do that. The more labels we have, it's like, which is why I think anxiety and depression, you know, a lot of people do have that, but it's like, we're only talking about those two mental illnesses and we're doing it in a very globalized term where it kind of starts to lose meaning when sometimes people actually, actually mean stress and sadness.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think the idea of post-traumatic growth, you know, I I look at what I call the eggshell skull individual and the steel skull. So the actual skull gets weaker with trauma, but the steel skull gets stronger. Yeah. And they use things like optimism, gratitude, uh, humor, you know, and also uh, mm-hmm. compassion and self-forgiveness. Those are important traits to get to that point where, you know, you can overcome, and actually grow after a trauma and become, you know, a better human being or, you know, stronger and, and also help people. I think yeah. when you start to give back the lovey energy, that's when you still start to make a great growth. Now, now I know you uh, are a coach and I'd like to bring my producer in here. Reggie, can you come here? Uh, <laughs> he's a good guy uh, on the show. Uh, Reggie, uh, say hi here to uh, Mary. Hi, Mary. Uh, now, hey, now, Reggie is an interesting case. He's actually uh, autistic. He's highly functioning, and he's had issues with relationships over time, and uh, trying to find the right woman. He's never really had a serious relationship. I've been talking to him about it, and we have actually a little uh, contest where I would give, I would pay for your date if you find a nice gal. Now, he almost had it. He, he had a platonic date, but it didn't work out because Reggie's often in the friend zone uh, as a friend, but he can't get beyond that. What's your advice to? Uh, first of all, tell him Reggie your situation.
2: Okay, well, yeah, it's similar to what, he, what Dr. Abula just said. Like, I mean, I interact with girls. I've gone out on dates and stuff, you know, but, like, it doesn't go past that for whatever reason, you know? I get to a mm-hmm. serious relationship, so.
0: Okay. Good. Yeah. What's your advice to Ruggia?
1: Well, let me ask you, when you're when you're on a date, or, oh, first of all, how are you meeting people? Like, are you using a dating app? Like, what is your modality for finding people in order to meet with them?
2: Well, I'm kind of old-fashioned. I meet them through, um in person, like, um, Uh, whether I'm out or whatever and then what's it called Um, well one of my one of them like I did was met matched through a friend or whatever they introduced us so yeah Mm -hmm. but um but mostly through in person you know
1: okay so I think it's important like whether it's with a Person that's matching you up, the person, if it's someone that you see at a grocery store and you ask them out, or if you're u- utilizing dating sites, which I think at this point in time is actually really helpful and can sometimes, even for people who have any kind of disability or are on the spectrum or you know are even just introverted, like you know, and it's just a little more difficult and more awkward. Um, to I think you know some, some dating sites are a little different than others, obviously, uh, but. I think it can actually be really important because communication is always really going to be key, and I know that that's probably a big stuck kind of struggling point—not um, necessarily on all platforms here—but in terms of when you know you're wanting to start a relationship, I think it's really important to say exactly what you want, right? So to not ever dull down your desire and to say like, I'd be happy with, you know, just meeting up or, you know, just doing this. And like, don't ever like take your desire down to just, I want, I want someone that will come out and say, like, I would love to be in a long-term relationship and I would love to be in love and I want to have someone that I can be romantic with. And that's, what's really lighting me up. And that's what I really, really want. Because if the person that you meet wants that, they're going to be like that's a hell yes okay so and she, she wants a
0: bold, you to know, be bolder reggie okay yeah uh, kind of like put yourself out there Let, let's try it okay let's say you meet this gal let's pretend it's her uh try, try that
2: all right hi hello hi hi let's call? how it? are you I, i'm great thank you yeah tell her you want a real relationship all right. all right they're all um to call it i i don't want i don't mean to be forward but i'm really i i think you're a nice nice girl and um i would like to i'm a Enter a, a, a relationship with you, a serious relationship. Okay. So Is, is that too bold, or is that okay? <laughs> I
1: think if that's a first meeting, like if that was like a person on the street or okay, like a, a too much, deli right? or something, that okay. might be like alarming, probably. <laughs> but I think that that's why I think dating sites might actually be. And it's not that the it's not that the desire is alarming. It's the how quick we went into right. it. Right. You, you might to say,
0: I want a real relationship in the future with someone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, or like that might be something to say even just on the first date, even Um, just to I think it's just important to make sure that you say what you want in the future so that everybody's on the same page. So if you if you said like, hey, I think you are beautiful and you I love the way that you just like ordered your baloney like i don't know <laughs> like something you know, find something quirky okay, and silly okay, to go. talk about right, i think right. and okay. then say would you like to go out to dinner i would love to take you to dinner right and then when you get there tell them what you want there you go because mm. these are the friends All like he, he
0: actually is their friend but then they have boyfriends that you know they're with so that's, well, that's why you want to
1: say like what you want i want to take you on a date because a date uh. implies that you want to okay. date them. Right. You know, right. say, so let's like, try it right like, now.
2: Say the phrase about the date. Okay. Hi. Um, well, you seem like a really nice girl and I would like to take you on a date. That sounds really good. Uh, when would you like to go? What? Reggie, ready okay. got a date. Oh, very nice. <laughs>
0: okay, your boyfriend's going to kill you, but it's Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Reggie, for the help, by the way. Right,
2: no problem. Thank you, Mary.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, I like that. Uh, that was very good, Mary. So you really um, help him get his real nature out, I think is what you're trying to say, right? To yeah, express your think... uh, your inner weirdness or your inner nature, I guess you're saying.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, when I, that's, that's what I respond to, for sure. And I think we all actually want more of it. Uh, I think sometimes we use a lot of formality in things and get really hung up on structures and circumstances and things. And it's like, actually, like, what are, like, the things you remember? You know, it's like kind of the weird stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's why I was talking about, like, the one life gives you lemons. Like, people remember that. (laughs) That's that's a good point. That's a good
0: point. Because you have a very, uh, you know, bold and fun personality. I can see your energy and your nature. (laughs) Uh, which is kind of cool. But I mean, you know, people like him and others, you know, they're more internal energy, right? They're kind of, uh, and fear motivates people, right? People are afraid of being judged, criticized, and rejected. Absolutely. So, So you're basically saying to be comfortable with who you are and express yourself. To your yeah, own, to it your, it doesn't thing, mean, in to be
1: as loud as me you yes. don't have to be yeah. as yeah. as eccentric or yes. loud or volumed up or, or as actually. me yes. that's not right. about it it's about right. like you said finding your own inner expression and yes. how, how can not like find a door of you know of coming out and yes. And what is it that you appreciate about other people? What did you actually, uh, like, if you observed someone that, right. what is it that you why do you want to go on a date with this person? Like, truly what did they do? And, like, be truly upfront and honest with them. I like the way you ordered the bologna. Is that it, Reggie? Yeah! <laughs> like, I thought that was hilarious how you were so specific about how thing you wanted your bologna Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, at.
0: yeah. A color, certain colors.
1: And, and I would be like um, thank you. I've never had <laughs> anyone compliment me on my deli order, you're right? You're right,
0: as opposed to saying your beautiful eyes or something kind of yeah, corny, you know. Like, yeah, I and
1: mean, it's not that it's—it's it's not that it might not be true, but like it's yes. You're not going to go home remembering it, but you go is. home and be like, that baloney
0: guy was <laughs> hilarious. Okay, he's not full of baloney, but he likes bologna. He's not gardens. full
2: of baloney,
0: but I'm going to be. <laughs> All right, well, it's been wonderful having you on the show, Mary. You're a very um, intelligent, fun guy, <laughs> uh, a kind of galley. You have a lot of energy. Now, tell me, where can people know, learn more about you, uh, your website? What kind of things do you can you offer people uh, to help them?
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to work with me. Um, I have a membership group, the Uncustomary Babes. That's one of my favorite ways to work with people. Uh, there's so many videos. Is, is that good
0: for ladies or for can guys try uh, it? Babes no.
1: is kind of just my y'all. So okay. like, guys yeah, are okay. it's gender neutral, okay. um, non-binary. Everybody's welcome. Okay. okay. Um, okay. But yeah, no, it doesn't need to be for related babes. It's, I call everyone babes. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, there's uh like years of archives in there. Every month we're focusing on something different. And I usually do something in terms of a spectrum, you know. So we've done months on like optimism and pessimism. Oh. And, you know, it just there's every month there's a theme, and we go so deep with everything with mm. Zoom calls, live coaching mm. and worksheets wow. and journaling and tapping and meditations mm. and embodiment practices, and mm. it's so amazing. I'm also currently I have a book out right now that's also, like a coaching and course at the same time. So, nice. every month you're getting a new chapter. There's a live coaching call, there's tapping, there's worksheets, there's journaling prompts, there's like a whole spiel every single month. And it's like really fun to get a drop every month and have a new yes. community. And that's called Merriment Making the Guide to Getting Your Joy Back. Um, okay. And there's, oh my goodness, there's coaching, there's workbooks, there's everything. Oh there just... And there's you, right? There's Mary <laughs> there
0: uh, waiting, right, to help. Right? I'm and, ready uh, I'm, and I'm and, waiting. And, 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 I'm I already, love already
1: working with people yeah. and helping you connect to your joy and confront your fear at the same time. So like in any way that you ever want to work with me, just reach out, uncustomary.org or uncustomarylove on Instagram. I am okay. here
0: so, so and uncustomary. happy. So uncustomary.org <laughs> is your website?
1: Yes. And then uh, uncustomarylove on okay. um, Instagram is well wow. Okay, way.
0: interesting. So uncustomary, right? So uh, uniqueness, specialness, and who you really are on site. You know, the, the Absolutely, Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, Mary, I'd love to have you on again, and I don't know if you ever yeah. get up to L.A., uh, maybe we could do something together, you know, like a life seminar or something? Or that some would be
1: fantastic, uh, yeah. I love health You're health in is
0: Baltimore, so is it, in Maryland?
1: I'm okay. in Baltimore, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I'm uh... actually going out to Vegas in uh, September. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> what
0: are your plans? You just going to have fun or are um, you going to do something there? I have
1: there? a friend that's, uh, she's going on a work trip and I'm just going to help her with some kind okay. of work. Okay, very yeah. good.
0: Okay, so maybe you're not far from you know Orange County, Southern California, so we can. Uh, oh, you're in. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, we can connect there. So yeah, it's been wonderful. And I think what I like about you, beyond, you know, beyond your enthusiasm and your obvious intelligence, is that you're looking at both sides of the issue, right? You are kind of you know the yin and yang, you know, the dichotomy of things. And looking for the pleasure, right? Looking for the excitement uh, internally. Uh, Because it's not just about up and down, right? It's not just about euphoria or, you know, temporary things. But it's about having that long-term, right? Contentment, you said, the peace and the happiness. And that's acceptance. And that's beautiful.
1: Thank you. Mary's I think one. you're actually very, I can feel the yin-yang in you as well. I feel yes. like you actually have a very, like, tapped in, evolved, feminine side in you. Like, it's very wonderful. And then you also obviously know so many. But what's your sign, by the way? What is your uh, sign? I'm
0: almost like you, actually. I'm borderline uh, Gemini Cancer. Oh, my so, <laughs> <laughs> so we're similar, right? You know, we're kind of yeah, uh, very I'm versatile. Like, I'm
1: the 21st, so I'm like, the hour it changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So oh, you have goodness. that kind of
0: personality. You know, like, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I love I that. I feel like this 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 duality of the Gemini Cancer is like so much of the thinking and the feeling, right? Yes, so the combination so of the two. Uh, right, like, vivid. I, <laughs> I was wondering if you were if you were uh, if you had any Gemini in you, just because of the way that you can cite sources like so quickly. Yes, like, of I, course. I love that about Gemini's, where yes. they're just like, and i have more on page 92 bibliography.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's very and, quick, quick, and, quick-witted, and spontaneous. But then the Cancer yeah. is a loving. <laughs> you know, we care about people and, and we want to help was, others. It's <laughs> a really exactly. Well, if wants to talk about today's show or send us a show idea, you can contact us at loveuniversity.love. Call us at 310 uh, 226 8090. LoveUniversityLove at gmail.com. So Mary's been wonderful to have you on the show. And again, uh, our loving energy extends to you. We'd love to have you back and keep the self love happening. Thank Until you. Until next so time, much. this is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University. What a fun interview with Mary England. Uncustomary, bright, colorful, loving, and very intelligent young lady who really inspired us because she talked about self love not in an egotistical or selfish way, but self-love as a way to care for yourself so you can give more love to others. So you have more energy, more desire, and more compassion. And also be authentic to yourself, You know, loving who you are inside, accepting your true nature. That's very powerful. So Love University students, if you want to hear more about Love University, you can subscribe to us at iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podbean. You can like us on Facebook at Love University Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Love Letter you Podcast. Again, visit us at loveuniversity.love. So I encourage everyone out this week to really go out and love yourself, whether it's self-care, exercise, diet, doing fun things, uh, helping people, and also accepting your inner nature, You know who you really are. Maybe you're a shy person a little bit, but you're introverted, but you like being on your own, uh, maybe with a few close friends, and your shyness can be a sensitivity. It can be a positive trait as well. Or you're more outgoing, you're extrovert energy, and you like to be around with people. Maybe you're a thinking male or thinking female, and you are more logical in the way you approach things, or you're a feeling male, perhaps more sensitive. And also that can be a beautiful thing. So until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila, Love University. Love yourself in an intelligent and compassionate way. And we'll see you next time on Love University.